In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. On this episode of Crown Jewels... Fergie comes to Prince Andrew's defense yet again. What do the Murdochs and the royal family have in common? I'll give you a hint. Money. And Meghan responds to the leaked letter from King Charles. Will they ever leave her alone? We are back with another episode of Crown Jewels, the elite podcast for the royally obsessed presented by Betches Media. I'm Samantha Bush, and today we are without Lex. She's kind of traveling the globe right now, but she will be back very, very soon in time for the coronation. But we have a very special guest today. His name is Dylan Hafer. He is the host of the Mentional Podcast here at Betches, and just kind of like the know-it-all when it comes to pop culture, reality television, everything. So hi, Dylan. Hi, Sam. I am happy to be here today with you. This is fun for me because... I guess I'm a know-it-all about pop culture and whatever, but I I don't pay that much attention to the royals on like a mm. week in week out basis. So I know all the characters. I you know I have my thoughts and feelings, but digging into some of these stories, it's like, geez, these people really don't take a break, do they? They don't rest. They do not <laughs> sleep. They are constantly churning out new headlines every single day. Like. Lex and I will get done recording, and by the time we're done recording, there's like already a new story happening. So the palace doesn't sleep. (laughs) Before we get into tea and crumpets and everything like that, I'm just kind of curious, as someone who's not super deep in the royals like world, what is your take on like the Meghan and Harry stuff? Like, where do you land? So just like for reference, I watched their Netflix show. I didn't read Harry's book. That felt like kind of one step further than I needed to go. Yeah, the book was a lot. Overall, I feel like I want them to be happy. I'm glad they're living their life. I'm glad they're free or whatever. I do think like over the last six months or so, like some of the specific moments have come across a little much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they do kind of toe this weird line between wanting their privacy, wanting to live their mm-hmm. lives, and then also clearly having some, you know, designs on a media empire or, uh, a, you know, a career in yeah. the spotlight in some way, which I don't mean that to say like shame on them for ever seeking out publicity, but I, I think it's tough to kind of have it both ways. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I mean, some of the things I see people say about Megan specifically, it's just absolutely too much. It's too much. I saw they were just at like a, a basketball game or something. Lakers game. I, L- Lakers game, sure. Uh, <laughs> and like, <laughs> I don't know if. Yeah. So there's like photos of them. They were on like the Jumbotron or whatever mm-hmm. at the stadium. I don't know if you've ever been to a sporting event where there was a famous person in the crowd, but they are going to find that person and put them on the Jumbotron if it's the last thing they do. And there were people responding to this that were like, ugh, these like fame whores at the Lakers game seeking out publicity everywhere they go. And it's like, 
they attended a basketball game and like if you're seated in the arena the camera can find you like that's not them doing anything that's just them that's them doing like a normal ass activity and people just not wanting to see them at all well it's also funny because it's not like they're sitting front row on the court like they were also like they bought a like a box or whatever for the archwell team so it was like a little team outing that they did but like you said i mean it's like no matter what game it is it could be like a football game, whatever, like they will find the famous person in the back row, in the corner, no matter what, no matter what. People just always have something to say. Do you remember that one time Kanye West went to a sporting event with like a hood over his head? And then obviously the old, then the, eyes the photos of that went viral. And it's like, there's mm-hmm. no way to be actually incognito at a sporting event if you're famous, unless you're wearing like full disguise, disguise which would be even more ridiculous so yeah i don't know i think in general if megan doesn't want to go to the coronation i kind of get it i don't know i'm glad harry's going but at the end of the day it's like who cares yeah people just always have a lot to say about them like there's a video from that game that they just went to where like you know they're like being like lovey-dovey and like people are reading into the body language and being like oh he's like turning away from her he seems so annoyed i'm like can you guys shut the fuck up? Like, they're fine. They're okay. Megan and him love each other. And I will get into, I mean, we have a, one of the stories today involves a goat and we'll get to it, but they confirm, (laughs) they'll confirm everything later on. Yeah. So let's get into tea and crumpets. I'm going to start us off. And this one is about Fergie, the Fergs and Prince Andrew. Oh, God. Just sigh. Roll your eyes. Let's get it out of the way. Our, our, favorite, our favorite clowns are... Our are, favorite clowns. Are clowning again. Are clowning again. So she is making her rounds like yet again, doing press, uh, going on morning shows, talk shows, radio. She's doing it all. She's hitting every media outlet possible. And she feels that the spotlight needs to come off Andrew so that he can rebuild. She says, I told him the other day that he should definitely talk more to the Pilgrim Bandits, who's this extraordinary group of veterans. Um, They're amputees that have been through really, really difficult times. With Prince Andrew, he's such a good man. He's a kind, good man. And I think that the spotlight needs to come off of him and let him get on with his life to rebuild. Now, to say just to get on with his life is a little... It's... They are so insistent on brushing all of this stuff under the carpet. And it's so weird. I just don't understand really what she's arguing needs to happen because in my mind, (laughs) Prince Andrew stepped back from his Royal duties a few years ago. He hasn't been doing appearances or, you know, whatever. What spotlight is on him? Do are people still do people still think he's a bad dude and have questions about everything that happened with his Epstein connections? Sure, but like he's not right. in the spotlight. If anything, he he's not has, making the rounds. Right. If anything, he has left the spotlight. And so if he wants to be going and doing charity work and volunteering and, you know, helping out with the veterans, he should be doing that. He's as far as I'm aware. There's nothing precluding him from doing that in some sort of unofficial, non-royal capacity. So, like, aside from the fact that Sarah Ferguson is, like, one of the more desperate people, you know, around, Mm -hmm. she's been broke for years, you know, she'll, (laughs) you know, she'll attend the opening of an envelope. 
it's just the kind of thing where it's like what actually are you saying should happen because i personally i'm not checking for prince andrew he's not being invited to things he's not being Mm -hmm. you know given media opportunities so like he doesn't need to step out of the spotlight the spotlight left him the spotlight as nini leaks said the spotlight is on me honey and that's charles charles is saying that right now and um I don't know. So the thing is, is Prince Andrew did attend Easter. So like he does come to family events, but he's not like talking to King Charles is not allowing him to speak. He's like, you're not allowed to do this. You are not a working royal anymore. You were stripping your funds. We're stripping your titles. We're doing he's like, get get away, get away. And so what's interesting about Fergs is that she is the one that keeps bringing him back up. Like, everyone is fine with not talking about him. No one wants to talk to him. No one wants to work with him. No no one wants anything to do with him. And by her constantly talking about him, it's like, okay, well, you're the one that keeps bringing this up in a way where now we're constantly reminded, oh, yeah, he is this really bad guy who did these really bad things. Yeah, it's also just for anyone in the world, they got divorced. 27 years ago you're going on tv and talking about your ex-husband from the 90s like why is this man even still in your life and really i mean the only viable answer for that is that that's her claim to relevance like Mm -hmm. their kids are fully grown she's saying oh well he's a great dad he's a great grandfather whatever and it's like okay but why why does that even matter to you? Like he's, you're not co-parenting at this point. Beatrice and Eugenie Mm -hmm. have not needed anything from you guys for years. They're like, if anything, the, the less toxic portion of the family. So like, it just is the kind of thing where anytime Fergie pops up, it's like, it's not that she should never be invited to anything. It's not that she should be disowned from the family, but it's like, truly, what is your goal here? Well, and I mean, back in the 90s when they got divorced and everything was going on and then Charles and Diana got divorced, it's like her and Diana kind of teamed up and they were like this pair that was like the women that were exiled from the family. And she had a really, she would kind of go on, you know, tangents and talk shows about the royal family and how not amazing they were. So now that he's like in all this hot water, why is she like so attached to him? I just don't. I don't get it. But like you said, it's just her claim to fame. And so I found this really fascinating. So the Daily Mail, our favorite um, public toxic publication, did a poll on the royal family. And I just want to read you some of these poll results because I found them very interesting. So 79% of people that were polled, uh, the British public, say that Andrew should not get royal funds. 79% of them say he should be removed from the line of succession. 40% of them say he's done more damage to the royal family than Meghan and Harry. And 2% of them said that he's made a positive contribution to the crown. Like That 2% is brutal. That 2% but- is really tough. I put it in all caps because I was like, this is a really important thing to note. Like 2%. And to think that he was the queen's favorite son is just, wow. Yeah. How many have fallen? I mean, it's just it's it just is the kind of thing where when you're getting to this point where he's in what his sixties, pushing mm-hmm. seventy, like maybe it's maybe the road is coming to an end for you. And this kind of this 
feeling of like, oh, when will he be able to kind of get back in or how how long does he need to be in timeout? It's like maybe this man doesn't ever need to be like doing anything publicly again. Like maybe he should just go to a golf course and like hang out for a while. And I think there's this kind of sun is setting (laughs) with the Royal family. There's this idea that it's just your, your birthright until the end of your life that you're just kind of like always in this position. And it's like, I think maybe, maybe just like Andrew can kind of go away. Like he can be, I don't have a problem with him being like invited to the family or the funeral or like to Easter or whatever. Like that's his family. That's fine. But like, this idea of like when will he be allowed to reclaim his whatever it's like why does he need to why why is that something never yeah like (laughs) bye let it go bitch let it go fergs (laughs) this episode is brought to you by snapple welcome to the snapple market auditory experience close your eyes imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store you make your way to the back and reach for your favorite snapple flavor you can't wait you take a sip whoa that's a lot of flavor Mm -hmm. what flavor are you holding now open your eyes and check out snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful snapple near you Topic number two, tea and crumpet, is, and I found this really, really interesting. I mean, I find everything about the royal family really interesting, but this is news that just came out today, and um, I don't know. Do you watch Succession? I do. Okay, so like, it's isn't it like created after the Murdoch family? Like, yeah, it's loosely based. Loosely uh, based. You know, inspired by you might say. Inspired. Okay. Okay. So Rupert Murdoch paid Prince William secretly. Apparently in 2020, he secretly paid Prince William a very large sum of money. And there aren't details about like what this was exactly for or why, but the claims are that Murdoch's company privately reached a settlement with him and was included as part of Harry's legal case that there were secret deals between the royal family um, like I said, there was no other details about like what this was d- directly linked to. But this is all coming out now because Prince Harry had to disclose in his own legal battle with the son about these new findings, these settlements, these payments. The royal family struck a deal with the Murdochs in 2012. And part of the deal was the family would delay legal proceedings against this newspaper in return for an apology at a later date. Harry has said that the family did this after Tampon Gate, which is one of my favorite little anecdotes from this family, um, when his call between Charles and Camilla was leaked in 1993. So Harry is, you know, going, there's like an ongoing lawsuit right now between Harry and the, the News UK, and he feels that they failed to uphold their side of the deal. So, wow. I want to know how much money. Yeah, I'm curious how much money because it, obviously William is not somebody who is like ever out here like having to do like sponsored content to make money or anything. Like he's pretty no, much he's set. No, he's not hashtag SponCon. But the idea that the Murdochs could have potentially written him a check for what, like, I don't know, $50 million, this that's a completely made up number. But mm-hmm. it is 
it's funny just like hearing all those details about their agreement in 2012 that there was going to be an apology at some point and you know going all the way back to tampon gate and you know the 2017 stuff when he sought the apology it's like this alleged payment between william and the murdochs could have been for like literally anything over the anything. past 30 years and that's kind mm-hmm. of what that's what's crazy it's like less it's less surprising that a payment was made and more like a guessing game of like what do we think specifically this was about because it's just clear that the murdochs and their like associated companies over the mm-hmm. last decades have just fucked with this family in so many ways that it's like well at some point they were gonna have to write a check and you know they might have to write another one to harry depending on how the the murdochs are bleeding money right now <laughs> look after this whole like fox <laughs> situation like they're just fucked and um it makes me kind of wonder because harry was in a way standing up for both him and william because of the phone tapping that did take place like throughout their entire lives in childhood um, and teen years. So I wonder if this will maybe like bridge a gap between William and Harry. Like William would be like, wow, like thank you for standing up for us or something. I don't, I doubt he will, but it does make me, does make me think. Yeah. It's interesting though, because if, if William already got a check at some point, in 2020 and then Harry Harry's like just (laughs) now kind of bringing his claim no I don't but it's weird because we know so little about it but Mm -hmm. like what if Harry is like hey my brother got the money three years ago and I'm still waiting on my check like it's interesting that they wouldn't be in this fight together against Mm -hmm. I was gonna say Fox News but in the UK it would be like you know the The sun sun. or news of the world uh, just the Murdochs at large, but it, yeah, it's, <laughs> it is like, this makes me wonder at some point, are we going to get more of a trial or something? Cause clearly Harry does not feel like he's done with this whole proceeding and like Fox news still has multiple cases against it in the U S like there's a lot of shit coming down the pipeline for the Murdoch family. And, uh, you know, yeah. Follow it's, it's at Betcha's Sup to, to get all the tea because they, they'll they be on the case um, when it comes to the Murdoch family. And uh, you know what's so annoying is like when I was watching the the Murdoch murders, they kept saying Murdoch and oh, they kept yeah. like fucking me up. Yeah, it's like a, I, I don't know, it's like a, a low country thing or a something. A low country it's accent. Like, like they say Murdoch, but it's like, that's like a G-H and like Rupert mm-hmm. Murdoch is a C-H. The I English know, language is very strange. It's very, <laughs> it's very complex. <laughs> now onto my favorite story, my favorite tea and crumpet. Now I came across this story and I have to tell you, my eyes bugged out of my head. I thought this was like a Dale, like a, a male or fail that our producers make. Like that's what it feels like to me, but it's not. So the headline simply was, Psychic Goat Makes Predictions About Harry, Meghan, and William. And at first I thought they meant like G, like G-O-A-T, like Tom Brady is the goat. Like that's like, because I was like, there's no way they're actually talking about a farm animal. And they are. His name is Billy. And he can predict the future using tarot cards. That is the subheading for this little story. And then you dig a little deeper and they're not tarot cards. They're simply 
just note cards that say yes or no on them. And he chooses which one, which one he feels is the right one. Um, his owner says that he's very good at predicting the future. Of course, there was no other examples of this. You know, she didn't say at one point he predicted, you know, the pandemic. He He's not out here predicting anything like that. So the GOAT predicted that Harry and Wills won't make amends before the coronation, which I don't think is shocking to anybody. And because it's in like a week. And then <laughs> also when asked if Harry and Meghan would last, the GOAT said yes. And my favorite part of this entire story is the very end where it says the Sussexes and the Kensington and Kensington Palace haven't responded to comment. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I wouldn't hold your breath. Are they going to? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, clearly, as we're about to hear in a few minutes, uh, Megan and Harry's publicist has bigger fish to fry than, you know, the goat predictions. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy for... Just a happy, happy silly story about Billy the goat. <laughs> you know, he's getting some publicity. He's getting some some airtime here on Crown Jewels. So, I do, I do wonder, though, I be, like, I feel like today, um, like... The Harry and William stuff is not really like a main topic, like they're, uh, you know, feud with each other. But mm-hmm. would we even know if they had made amends? Like, what would that even look like for our public consumption? Would it just be like, you know, TMZ saying like, we heard they had a good convo? Like, what <laughs> is the end game of Harry and William's feud? I know, because we're not going to see them like out and about, like together, you know, being bros. So how will we really ever know? If anything, the fact that William is now the Prince of Wales, he's like mm-hmm. less of a real person than he was before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're not going to make up. And then next Lakers game, it's like William in the box with Harry. Like, or honestly, Harry's not going to post on social media, like a photo of them together with like, like some emojis <laughs> that suggest that everything's okay. So it yeah. is kind of funny that it's like, okay, like, I guess we'll just have the body language experts watch them at the coronation <sighs> again. Like, God, those body language experts, like, don't get paid enough, in my opinion. Like, I love them <laughs> because they're constantly just like being insane. I mean, you bring up a really good point. Like, what would that even look like? Because I probably think it's really really weird to see your dad become king like that's probably a really weird feeling being william because he's thinking like wow this is going to be me at some point like once my dad dies like this will be me that's scary that's kind of overwhelming that's that's true i mean it's not something that very many people can relate to no um (laughs) if anybody i yeah it's a little bit like I don't know. Also, the fact that Harry and Meghan are so fully removed from living in the UK, mm-hmm. you know, attending events other than like these major, major life events in like, I don't think even if they had a conversation and had like a better relationship, we're never going to see them just casually spending a lot of time together. It's it's tough to think about like where there's even room to kind of grow that relationship. I guess maybe they would come back for Christmas or something if everything was hunky dory, but I don't, it's, it's a little bit like, I don't, I don't know. This is probably just the way things are going to be. Yeah, I know. I'm excited to see what happens at the coronation. Like I'm excited to see where everybody sits and I wish Megan was going, but I understand why she's not because we'll get into it. Oh God, these people. (laughs) 
are you ready to make it rain? Uh, Sam, I thought you would never ask. Uh, and, you know, I'll give you a break on the reading and I will, I will yeah, read this week. I'm struggling this today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's a lot. The, that uh, Murdoch it's thing. It's a mouthful. The Murdoch thing is more than my like non-fiscally minded brain can wrap itself around. But uh, we oh, will. Okay. This one, this one's a little more straightforward. Classic yeah. gossip. Okay. So basically, last week, The Telegraph posted a story claiming that Charles wrote to Meghan following her and Harry's March 2021 interview with Oprah Winfrey. Ugh, those were the days. I remember watching that live. What a, what a moment in history. What Silent, silenced. You were, we were all there. Yeah. Um, okay, so The Telegraph wrote this story reporting that in... 2021, Charles wrote to Meghan after the interview and that Meghan wrote back to the Prince of Wales at the time, so when Charles was the Prince of Wales, uh, and that she raised concerns about unconscious bias and racism after she had revealed to Oprah that there were concerns in conversations about how dark Archie's skin might be when he was born. This was really like the biggest bombshell that came out of that interview with Oprah, the the alleged conversation that had taken place, uh, you know, concern about this baby's skin color, which obviously is horrible. Um, So basically the Telegraph is reporting that these, this correspondence went back and forth. And then people afterward, after the story was published, were accusing Megan of leaking this letter that she had sent to Charles ahead of the coronation. Of course, mm-hmm. Megan's not going to the coronation. People think that there is this kind of like ongoing, you know, feud there. So Megan actually put out a statement through her rep. And this is the statement. This is all in quotes. The Duchess of Sussex is going about her life in the present, not thinking about correspondence from two years ago related to conversations from four years ago. Any suggestion otherwise is false and frankly ridiculous. We encourage tabloid media and various royal correspondents to stop the exhausting circus that they alone are creating. This statement actually really surprised me when I was reading it because this is not like a PR response where it's just kind of like, uh, no, she didn't say this, no comment at this time, whatever, mm-hmm. kind of what you would expect from a like really buttoned up royal royal adjacent publicist this Mm -hmm. is like a can everyone fucking stop can you guys can you guys get a life and leave us alone because Mm -hmm. i think also this kind of statement really makes me believe megan because if there was any kind of gray area of whether or not she had leaked this letter they would just say no comment or Mm -hmm. you know we're not ready to talk about this this is very much like everybody get a grip, go away, find something else to do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I first saw this on Twitter and I thought it was fake. Like at first, you know, I was like, wait, who is this from? What am I reading? And then I really realized I was like, oh, holy shit, Megan put out this statement. And I think it's really powerful. I think it's really refreshing. It's not something that I would ever expect from her or a royal family member to put out and just be like, listen, this happened two years ago. The what the conversation happened four years ago. Enough. Enough. Like we've moved on. We've said our piece. You've said yours. Stop bringing me into this. Stop trying to leak stories. And I mean, Lex and I talk about it all the time. It's like 
the moment in the documentary where she just looked at Harry and she was just like, that's your brother. Like, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I can't do this anymore. And that's kind of what the statement feels like to me. But like you said, she's, she's not like, yeah, we're not commenting on it at this time or whatever. She's just like, this is ridiculous. You guys need to shut the fuck up. I think it's also important to note that this statement is very much directed at all of the people out there in the world creating and contributing to this conversation. It's not, it's not accusing Charles of anything. It's Mm -hmm. not accusing Will of anything. It doesn't even mention anyone else in the Royal family by name. It's very just talking about the correspondence, the conversations, but it has no kind of details of the situation that happened. And I think that's important because Megan at this point, however she actually feels about the other side of the family, she doesn't want to fan the flames at all of this feud because she knows that people are watching everything she does. People are reading into every statement and that is only going to make her look worse at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. I think the the Netflix documentary and the book were kind of this, you know, final statement of like, we've now said our piece about the specifics of the family and now we're going to go our own way. So this statement is really just like asking everyone, you know, on Twitter to to move to on. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, I think unless something new happens within the family dynamic, we're not going to see Megan do more interviews where she talks about Charles or Will or Kate. Like that's, I feel like most likely they've kind of put an end to that like press tour chapter and are going to focus on like their other endeavors moving forward as much as they want to. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent because she's been really quiet since the documentary came out, like during Harry's press tour with spare where he was kind of, it felt like everywhere. Um, And it didn't kind of feel like that. It really was like that, but she really hasn't said anything. She's just been quiet. She's just been doing her own thing. She's in Montecito with her babies, just feeding her chickens. Like she's just kind of doing what Megan does. And so I was really happy with this statement because it's like you said, it's not telling the family you need to stop. It's telling the people, the the media, like you said, it's telling Twitter, like enough with the comments, enough of these conspiracy theories, like you guys got to cool it. And also, I think it's this happening so shortly before the coronation. It's interesting knowing that Megan's not going to be there to watch how the coverage unfolds and like how much these tabloids will or won't be able to keep Megan's name out of their mouths because she's literally not going to be there. Mm -hmm. And I can just envision that there are probably going to be a lot of stories that we see from certain outlets that are like, you know... Harry and William have this interaction amid Megan's decision not to show up. And like, I think from Megan's perspective, she's probably really wishing that it's like, focus on who's there. Leave mm-hmm. me out of it because there's nothing to talk about. I'm going to be at yeah. home. You're not going to see Megan like out and about clubbing the night of the coronation. Like she's going to be at home living her life. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be telling to see if these publications like still can't pass up another opportunity to drag her. Well, that's been the interesting thing is during this silent period with Megan, they've really turned the tabloids have really turned their all their focus onto Kate. And it's kind of interesting to watch because there's been a lot of poor 
articles written about Kate recently, like about William Kate, the affair potentially with that woman. Um, Lady Rose. Lady Rose, (laughs) whose husband is now the lord in waiting for King Charles. So it is kind of interesting to see if they now turn all their attention to Kate at the coronation and start, you know, putting out stories in a negative way about her now that Megan can't isn't giving them anything to try to twist, I guess. It's just so funny because you would think we've gone this episode from talking about the absolute gremlin behavior of <laughs> Fergie and Andrew mm-hmm. to talking about Megan and Kate like doing their duties, minding their business, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's so telling that the British tabloids have no interest in like going after Fergie or anything like that because it's like that's who that's who's feeding them stories. I mean, not her, allegedly, whatever. Um, but, like, <laughs> but it's like mm-hmm. those relationships are so ingrained, whereas like they have absolutely, they will gleefully throw somebody like Megan to the wolves mm-hmm. because she's not helping them out. She's not giving them what they need, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what if we, what if we just like focused on calling out the people who are actually acting like clowns? Mm-hmm. What if? What if? What if that's always been a thing with me and this whole situation is like, you know, their protection of Prince Andrew and their willingness to just throw Harry and Meghan under the bus. And it's like you have a literal alleged, I don't know, I don't know the correct words to use. I'm trying not to get sued by the royal family. Um, It's kind of like when I talk about the mob, like I always get a little nervous. Um like Drita will come for me, but <laughs> is like, you know, the alleged sex trafficking, you know, like, right. It's I mean, very weird that like no one talks about that. It's just the kind of thing where like this family has enough, you know, skeletons in the closet, things swept under mm-hmm. the rug that it's like, you could, you could write articles about those things until the end of time and not run out of material but because you of certain relationships you have or certain handshake agreements or payments happening under the table, maybe, maybe not, I don't know, they're going to focus on the easy thing, which is like, did Megan and Harry look happy at the basketball game? And it's like, I mean, that's the and way you know the world works, horrible? I guess, but... <laughs> People click it. People click that's it. That's the thing. Like, that's I, the thing. Yeah. So it's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, I... I, it's a business. I get it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it just is like, it kind of makes you uh, think twice when you're reading these articles, when you're like, wait, wait, wait. Hey, uh, Sarah Ferguson is like telling everybody to go easy on Andrew and she's not getting like any of that backlash at mm-hmm. all. Of course not. I don't know. Whatever. Goblins, some, those two. Something Goblins. to think about. <laughs> so, food for thought. <laughs> Well, it's time for our favorite game of mail or fail. One of these is a real headline from the Daily Mail or a similar publication, and the others have been completely made up by our producer. And normally I am the one that spots the mail or fail, but today you are our guest of honor, so I will have you read both headlines and then tell me which one you think is the real headline. Yay, we get to talk about Fergie more. Okay. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Okay, option one. Is Fergie going to rock Buckingham Palace with another royal memoir? 
Interesting. Okay. Option two. Fergie rumored to be extending her intriguing women tour through the coronation weekend. Wow. So would she rather throw her former family under the bus in a book or Mm. would she rather miss the coronation and have her own event instead? That's kind of fun. Um, I feel, I feel as if option two might be real. Okay. Because so you- I don't know what the intriguing women tour is, but I feel like that would be a random thing to make up. Whereas like her writing a book, yeah. I could see it. But also I feel like right now she wants Buckingham Palace to like her. Okay. So you think it's option number two is the real one? Yes. Okay. Okay. Let's see what it is. Oh, that is the fake one. Oh, okay. Okay. So will Buckingham Palace be rocked by another royal memoir? Fergie suggests she could see herself writing a third tell-all book months after Prince Harry's bombshell revelations and spare. Wait, a third book? We're good. We're good. Okay, when you said that was the real one, I was like, okay, so she wrote one book before. (laughs) No, she wrote My Story, published in 1996, just months after her divorce, and then Finding Sarah. In 2011. (laughs) I love that the mm-hmm. Daily Mail is so shady. They say, finding Sarah in 2011, which came after another bout of financial woes. It's like, I mean, yeah, so that's kind shady. of the story of her life. Yeah, she's <laughs> constantly struggling. Uh, she also, I don't know if you know this, she puts out daily YouTube videos reading children's <sighs> books. Story time with Sarah. That's like the opposite of like drag story time. <laughs> it's bad. It's so bad. Story, story time with a 60-something-year-old British lady British defending lady. a sex trafficker. Jesus. During a media round for a most intriguing lady, she revealed that she was pleased that her writing career had taken off, giving her another claim to fame aside from marrying into the royal family. A source told the Daily Mail that Fergie constantly has new offers to write an a new memoir and will consider them seriously, though nothing has been decided. This bitch is doing it. Or who are we kidding? She's gonna be doing it. She, she would do a two a check. You would do I mean oh god she feels she says i feel very proud to have embarked on a new career in my 60s not many people get that opportunity now having married into the royal family isn't my only claim to fame i'm an author who has made the sunday times bestsellers list okay um let's unpack but also not that much because it's just like pretty straightforward um wait is is a most intriguing lady is that a novel uh, yeah. Did she write a novel? Yeah. Oh, historical fiction book. Damn, good for mm. her. <laughs> yeah, she's out there, you know, peddling these books, selling copies. I mean, um, yeah. should, you guys should read it. You and Lex should read it. A most intriguing lady. It sounds like Countess Luann's Cabaret. <laughs> like That's what it sounds like to me. I notice I said you and Lex should read it. I did not offer my reading services no, no, for no. this and- book. Right. I'll be I'll be um I'll be stepping out for that one. But um yeah. look, if <laughs> she wants to, ri- to get along to us. If she wants to write a third tell all book, go for it. It'll give mm. you guys some some fun content. Yeah. I don't I don't think it'll have uh sales numbers anywhere close to spare. Uh but you know. No, 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 no. Um I'm yeah, she's just she's a nut. I I can't say I stand her because she's demonic, but I do respect just the, the like, 
she just is very thirsty. We'll just say that. She's very, very thirsty. It's so strange to think about when you were mentioning earlier how she and Diana got divorced from the princes around the same time Mm -hmm. back in the 90s. Like, it is such a weird thing to think about if Diana hadn't passed away when she did. Like, how their parallel stories may have been similar or have differed. And it's like, I just can't imagine that if Diana was around today that she would be doing this shit. Uh, no, I, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. I do think Diana would be like definitely out and about. I think she would definitely be really obviously very famous still. I feel like, you know, a style icon. I I don't know what she would be doing. Um, she'd probably be in Montecito with, you know, Megan and Harry. That's, that's true. I picture her maybe having more of like a Maria Shriver kind of trajectory, mm. like a very just kind of like classy lady who does a lot of charity and like you don't you don't like hear from her that much but also she's like a public figure mm-hmm. I, fe- I feel like that kind of vibe like a, a very dignified sort of thing I don't think she would be out here you know like money grubbing for a book deal no 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 and she wouldn't be defending her ex-husband that's true. That's yeah, for she her. would not be attending the coronation. Let's no, just say. she'd be like, fuck that. <laughs> and I also feel like if Diana was still alive, that Sarah wouldn't be doing this. Maybe. I don't Maybe know. Maybe she would. I don't know. TBD. I mean, not even TBD. We'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. We'll n- it will never be determined. <laughs> um, so to finish up, let's name our spotted dick for the episode. Who has been a real steamed pudding this week? I feel like I know who yours is going to be. Would you like no. to share? Uh, yeah, I mean, mine was <laughs> no. mine's going to be Fergie. To be okay. honest, it was going to be Fergie even before we had the um, that uh, mail or fail about her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she just is kind of like giving main character energy uh, in a negative way this week mm-hmm. to me. Um, so yeah, she's my spotted dick. If she was a housewife, who would she be? Or like what city would she be in? Um... I think probably New York. Mm-hmm. Like when you, the Countess Luann reference felt a little bit on the mark for me. Um, maybe like a little more of like a, a like wore out Countess Luann. Oh, oh um, yeah. Batter. But then also when you think back to um, Real Housewives of DC, the ill-fated one season show, Cat, uh, Cat, whatever her name was that was on that show, she hooked up with Harry once upon a time. Like, it, maybe if DC had happened, she could have had a connection there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she would be she would be one of those. I'm actually surprised she's never like thrown her name out there. I'm of, shocked. Like, you know, I've been contacted by producers. Mm-hmm. I'm actually really surprised. Paula Abdul recently said that she's been co- contacted several times. No. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people have at one point yeah. or another. The show's been on. <laughs> 16 years. years. <laughs> a lot of phone calls. <laughs> a lot of correspondence. Yeah. Um, so my spotted dick is just Rupert Murdoch. You know, I'm not one to, I don't know much about the financial world. You know, I'm not um, a wolf of Wall Street by any means. But I just feel like he's a, <laughs> I just feel like he's a really bad guy. And I, I just don't trust him, and I want to know how much money he gave William, and I want to know why. Like, what was the real reason, you know? Like, did he have a secret phone call between 
William and Lady Rose. Mm. Who knows? Yeah, I think just in general, sort of beyond the royal family, when you have like numerous large-scale lawsuits kind of coalescing around you at the same time, it's usually not an indication that you're like doing great things in the world. So, um, you know, Dominion voting systems, <laughs> Prince Harry, uh, I think there's some other like disgruntled Fox News staffers coming oh, yes. with their lawsuits. You know, it's 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 a stressful time to be Rupert Murdoch. And that man is in his 90s. So that man is hanging out by <laughs> a fucking thread. OK, he's not doing well. He's down bad right now. <laughs> the whole Murdoch family is down really bad. Well, Dylan, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. Tell everybody where they can listen to you, find you. Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been uh, fun. I didn't know how many feelings I had about uh, Sarah, the Duchess of York, uh, until yeah, today. A shock. So, but yeah, you can listen to Mention It All wherever you get your podcasts like Crown Jewels. And Sam, I think you might be joining me for an upcoming episode. So make sure you go and follow there. And then you can follow Bravo by Betches on Instagram for all of the Bravo content. And you can follow me at Dylan Hafer. So many things to plug, you know? I love it. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Crown Jewels. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. And be sure to follow me at Bravo Historian. And until next time, may God save the Betch. Batches.